All right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Both, Both Sides, Sides of the, the Bed. bed. And I'm fl- I told you I was going to flick you. And we keeping it. Ah, no! Abuse. <laughs> Abuse in 2024. Pinch your ass. Ow! <laughs> okay, ow! Stealing my lines. And we keeping that. And we keeping okay. it. Had to abuse her real quick. Stop saying abuse. We like abuse. It's a trick word for some people. Consensually. Okay, thank you. There we go. Welcome to it a was new consensual. You hurt me. Year, everyone. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Don't mind us. <laughs> We've been sipping. New Year, same us. Same us. <laughs> but welcome to a new year, y'all. 2024. 2023 in the books. Fresh start. Fresh start. Fresh start. I like the first year of the month. Of the year. The first year of the month? I like the first month the of the year. The first year of the month. Okay. I like the first month of the year <laughs> because it's a genuine fresh start. Yeah. Nobody's fucked anything up. Yeah. Nobody has anything tormenting them from this year. Mm-hmm. There's no dramas. There's no traumas. There's no bad experiences. Nothing but opportunity in life. I think it's going to be a really good year, um, mostly because it was only up from where we came. It wasn't that damn bad. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It but um, I just expect a lot from this year, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to to year this year out. Yes. Yes. What else are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to more. I just want just like full abundance, more sex, more pleasure, more money, more experiences, more traveling, more just balance more grounding more everything yeah me too i just want to be really gluttonous me too my life i feel like a lot of people if if you gave people a questionnaire and to write down what they want or like gave them multiple choice answers and that was like one of the multiple choice answers what all the things you said like just have all that in one like that's that's option c Mm. i feel like the majority of people would choose option c what was that? More of all. Oh, Just more of all. More sex, more money, more experiences. And yet, I don't think they really want option C. I think they might want option A. More comfort. Mm. Financial security. Better connections with their loved ones. Less drama. In a B. B is less drama. A better job. You know? Get your kids through college. Setting up a retirement plan, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and then you got to see all of that, all the sex, all the all the excitement, and all the craziness. But I think most people actually want A or B. I feel it. I mean, more stability is is necessary. I think it just depends on what phase of, in life you are. And I I feel like uh, certain things, a lot of things in my life, were more stable than they have been. So I'm not really seeking stability anymore. I have it. So I'm, I'm just seeking just more excitement. Right. Not yeah. that those things are not important. No, they definitely are. Um, but I feel like, but the thing is, I feel like most people would, want, on the surface, mean, yeah. choose C. Like, oh yeah, I want more sex. I want more bread. I want to travel. I want to go to fucking Dubai. I want to go to fucking Africa and shit. They, wanna, they, they want to in their head. But then when they really sit with themselves they just want to be financially stable have a job where their boss is not an asshole have some friends be able to do a little something on the weekends and live comfortably yeah there's nothing wrong with that either there's nothing wrong with it but it makes me think about why everyone chooses option c on the surface because it's cool people like to be cool people like to yeah people like to be cool i don't think there's anything wrong with that either i think that um the problem with choosing option C, if you're not ab- about that option C life, is one, just like lying to yourself and just like kind of moving with your representative, moving with that facade that you think people should choose or you think people should want rather than being true to what you actually um, need, want, or desire. It's a good way to put it. Not about that option C life mm-hmm. because... I be feeling like, especially now that we're 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 doing what we're doing, and we be out in the mix and we see people, and I really feel like most people don't want that option, but feel like 
they're pressured into wanting that option, especially men. But I think people in general feel pressured to want that option and like try to convince themselves yeah. that they want all the sex and they want all the wildness and they want all the excitement and all the money and all of that because it's what we're told that we want. That's what, that's what society has told us. Yeah. This is the things that these are the things you should value. This is what you should chase after in your life. Because even like for instance with the pod, like we we've we started out the gate hot hot sex cakes, just cranking out sex. hot sex cakes every episode. The hot sex cake, all the sex stuff. You start, if you notice, it's just mad sex, and it was great. Did notice that was, that was very much where we were when we started this, and. It's all perfect. It's beautiful. And then, you know, we start adding some other topics to the mix, other things that we deem valuable and things that, you know, people can get something out of. Yeah. And I think the response has been been positive. I think people rock with it, but not like the sex cakes. <laughs> they like them some sex cakes. Sex cakes. Yeah. And I wonder why that is. I wonder why, like, our most popular engagement on, on the content that we have, like, on social media is the more scandalous shit. It's the more just outlandish shit that you we just say. You answered your own question. It's more scandalous. It's more sex sells, no matter how you're selling it. But again, I don't think people Wanna buy really it. be wanting it, though. Like, really. do they be? I don't think they really what, be what wanting it. What makes you think it. that? Just how people's lives are set up. I think mm. that if you really wanted it like that, you would be able to figure out how to have your life represented a little bit more. I feel like people are not buying, or I feel like the reason why those episodes did so well and why people kind of buy into like, oh, I want the sex and I want the money and like, you know, all that pizzazz, even though they don't really want it, is because they are lacking stability and it's like sure you might want it and it, it, it might not be a surface thing it might actually be a real desire but if you don't if you don't have that stability if you don't have that mental clarity if you don't have that balance in your life you can't go after that productively in a non-toxic way and i think that's um also kind of a reason why like um the therapy episode we were talking about like how that one didn't do as well as like um threesomes foursomes and more sums right and because it's confronting. It's like, I don't want to talk about therapy. I want to talk about sex. But it's like, you have to go through that in order to get to that point. You have to like figure your stuff out so you can have a healthy sexual relationship with yourself. So you can have a healthy sexual relationship with your partner. And so you can do those wild and crazy things. Like the stuff we do, we do some scandalous shit in bed. And it's like, you can't do that and be triggered by something else, you know, and, and haven't figured out your own stuff. Um, because then you'll be in the middle of the scene and it feels too real. You know what I mean? Depending on who you are and what you're doing. Mm. But just using that as an example, I think that's why people on the surface may want it because it's not on the surface. It's really deep down, but they can't. They don't go after it because there's so many other things plaguing their lives that they just don't have room to. That's an interesting take. I think that there's definitely some truth to that. Um, so just they haven't structured their life in a way that allows them to have enough time to pursue those things. Or life just, maybe life is just kicking their ass. Like look at us in 2023 and 2022, life was kicking our ass. Like we didn't have time to be fucking. Like, we was fucking. We Don't was, but like not in the, not even in the, in the aspect that we are want, that we wanted. Right. It was like, we were still held back from what our truest kinkiest desires were. Cause we just didn't have the mental space to do it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there's so much always going on in the world. There has to be a moment where you just take a step back. Like, you know what, this is happening and this is real and this is, this sucks. And I have to take a moment to myself so I can prioritize the things that I do want in my life. Yeah. And we're not really taught to do that. So it's a lot harder to, it takes a while to figure out. Hmm. I think that's why also why people say that your thirties are, um, better than your 20s because you've done figured all this stuff out so now you can just enjoy. That's bullshit. People in their 30s definitely did not figure all this shit out. They just might have a little bit more money. They have a lot more clarity than they did in their 20s. I would hope if you are a 30-year-old mother 30 year old motherfucker you have figured something out since you were 20. As someone in their mid-30s, I know a lot of people still ain't figure out a lot of things. Not that they haven't gotten better than when they were 21. Yes, yeah. I would hope so. But I don't mean you're operating like you, you know. All right, so you know, forty. Looking 40, forward to forty. Forty, forty-five. <laughs> Flirty and forty. Yeah, um, but I would say that I think that 
it's like movies i feel like people love the art of movies and like tv shows because it allows you to escape it's this exciting thing that takes you away from your reality and brings you to this exciting story that you can live out through these characters on the screen that would never happen in your own life or like you just wouldn't or you don't have the courage to go after in your own life but for whatever the reason you know that this probably will never happen in any way shape or form in your life but you have this opportunity to witness this and immerse yourself in this experience and they live through these movies and tv shows i think the same way with sex and money in a sense where it's more attainable than these stories on these tv screens that they see because you know you could just go have sex right now you don't need yeah. to be a fucking actor or be a billionaire to go have sex you could just do it and you can probably go get a little bit more money if you go and pursue it and so i feel like in a sense it gives that same effect of like your your dream sex life the type of sex mm-hmm. that you want to have it like helps give you something to strive for or like some goal whether it's attainable for you or not even though it's all attainable you you can the tools are out there but it's like it gives you enough hope that your life will be more exciting once you get the sex once you get the money because something is lacking in your personal life currently so it's like and i and i and i realized that the powers that be whoever they be they use that tool Mm. to dangle these carrots of sex and money to help keep us going so that we keep fueling the whole thing to power their agendas so that we work the jobs and then we buy the products and we we go on the social media and they layer it in sex Mm. and they layer it in success and getting money and all these things they layer it in these things but it's like as, as sexual as ads are and as movies are and it's just like society how sexualized it is motherfuckers do not be having sex like that it's so crazy how because i think it's specifically a western thing how sexualized everything is from just the everything can be sexualized from how they advertise food how they advertise um anything on social media clothes anything it's so hypersexualized, but at the same time, we are the most like sexually repressed. And the people love to act like, no, it's the people in Saudi Arabia and you know, in those types of countries that are sexually repressed because they cover and they, they don't have freedom. And it's just like, they're fine. Like <laughs> they're doing fine. What really isn't doing fine is the relationship that people in Western society have to sex. It's like we will, like you said, dangle this carrot of like, this is sexy and you need to do this. You need to have these big boobs and wear these tight skirts. But the moment you do it, then it becomes a problem. Oh, you're a whore. Oh, you deserve to, you know, be assaulted because you did this thing that we're told that we should be doing in order to feel or be sexy. But also, as much as they push it, they also take it away. They give it and they take it away with all this censorship. Like we can't, we yeah. we can't even put a picture of a half a ass cheek on Instagram without getting fucking yeah. threats of our account getting canceled. Yeah. So it's like, where are we actually really at? Or it's like this illusion of like on on not cable, like on regular uh, TV, like on your on your on your mm-hmm. channel sevens and your channel nines and twenty ones or whatever. They censor it. They censor like, everything. We don't know what time it is. And like, yeah. we can't just hop on the internet and get the real shit and they bleep shit out when nobody speaks like that. Nobody, your, your, your local news anchor is out reporting the news. And then as soon as they cut the camera, oh, I can't wait to get out this fucking town. This shit dirty. <laughs> like you ever see, there was yeah. this one black dude. He was out, he hit you with the most um, cold switched out voice ever reporting on some, whatever the fuck he was reporting on. Then they cut, but they still had the camera going. He's cursing. God damn, these motherfucking mosquitoes. Da, 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 going crazy. And it's just like, yeah, these are the people being people. But like they they give us these mixed messages. And I feel like yeah. people don't even know what they want. Yeah. And people don't people are not able to make their own decisions because these things are pushed so much and also pulled away from us. And I see a lot of people kind of out here floating in limbo 
Yeah, because they've created limbo, and I and I feel like there's so much. It's like there's so much around, when, especially with women. Um, there's so much around what it means to be sexy, what you need to do to be sexy, the way you need to look to be sexy, the Botox, the the fillers, the whatever, the, the tight clothes. Um, it's like you need the diets. There's just so many things that are pushed. Like you need to do this so you look young. You need to do this so you look sexy. You need to do this so you can be wanted. And then once a woman gets to a place where they're grounded in their sexuality, they're grounded in their sensuality, whether they conform to whatever they suggested or not, um, then it's just like, it's so much shame that is put on them. Like, how dare you do this thing that we shove down your throat? And I just think that, it, I think that we could be so much more free if we just allowed sex to just be this normal thing that we actually all do. There doesn't have to be shame behind it. There doesn't have to be so much judgment. You don't have to bring your God into my bedroom. Um, especially if that's not something that I also believe, like clearly I don't believe it if I'm doing something that you think, you know, is wrong in, in your God's eyes. Like, I, th I think that a lot of people put a lot of stipulations on what sex could be. Like if you, you can be sexy if you follow like, you know, these 10 commandments of what sex is supposed to be like. And if you deviate even in the slightest degree, then you are chastised like heavily. Yeah. But I wonder if our desire for sex, because I feel like overall, like if you if you removed, uh, if you removed social media and you removed TV and all of that, and we were just people out here being people, I still think sex would be a strong desire. I think it might be limited in terms of all the types of activities that you do. But I think the desire, the natural desire for another being, like that's just human nature. Yeah. And I think they've just ramped it up to a whole nother level. But I do think that those desires for the opposite sex and like what appeals to us in general, like why men may love asses and titties, like curves, I think that appeals somewhere in our brain. It hits us deep in our brain and we are, we are attracted to that. And because we are naturally attracted to that, somebody realized, huh, I can put this in a bottle and sell it. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do. But we, that's just how we are. So I think we really should try to push for, yeah, more acceptance and just making this more normalized and getting the, the pulling it away part out. And I think by doing that, it's like when you, when you get anything exciting, like, you're so excited and it's so, you know, you're so hyped before you get mm -hmm. the thing, whatever it is. But then after you have it for a while, it becomes normal. Like you still mm -hmm. may like it, but it just becomes the norm and it's not such a big deal. Yeah. And I think that the sooner we can get to that place when it comes to sex, the sooner we can alleviate a lot of problems. There might be initial turbulence because motherfuckers don't know how to act, um, especially men. But after that initial needing to get that out your system and this comes to normal i think we could really we could really benefit from that no, i think so too and i think that if we just like kind of pulled back the layer and just kind of just seen each other as humans doing this you know human experience and having these human urges and stopped putting so much weight on every little thing that people can just enjoy and not feel so much and not repress so much like there's there's um i actually have a sex fact that is i think is really fascinating it says research published by the american sorry re oh my goodness why it just disappeared here it is research published by the american psychological association addressed the cognitive and emotional consequences of sexualization in media specifically regarding women the study suggests that the representation i'm sorry the repercussions of consistent sexualization of women often include development of mental disorders such as anxiety depression and eating disorders and i found this really fascinating because it's like the way it's pushed is really changing like our our cognition and our emotions it's changing the way we think about ourselves the way we think about how others are perceiving us and the way we go about our relationships and that's a problem and for it, women specifically this this is specifically talking about women but i think it just like 
it really impacts us all, no matter, you know, what your gender is or how you identify it. It impacts us all because it's, it's changing the way we perceive someone. Like if you have a certain number of bodies, I'm going to perceive you a certain way versus if you are a virgin and you're in your 40s. I'll just push back on that specific point since you bring it up. I don't think society has as much of an influence over the judgment surrounding that as just humans have come to that conclusion on their own. I completely I, I, disagree. I think I, th- I think that because humans have come to that conclusion on their own, they use that in those avenues and push that just because it's more it's part of the bigger story of sex and and they they it's it shows up there. But I think at its core, like when it comes to the whole body count thing, I think it's the reason why men have such issues with women having such high body counts, and I'm sure some women have issues with men having high body counts, but obviously mm-hmm. is more so an issue for men with women. I think that is the case because a man wants to know that his woman is not easily accessible to other men. Like, that's one of the main reasons. I, w- I want to know, hey, yeah. Everybody can't just get this. There's something about me that you see and you've decided to take yourself off the shelf and make yourself available to me. That's attractive. But to know you just be hopping off the shelf, hopping back on all the time, and I might run into 10 other dudes that you done been with, like that's not an, that's not an appealing thing. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I came to... I came to that conclusion partly for sure from just here like judgment with, with my friends or whatever and just like what a hoe is or what that means but also just internally when I sat with myself with it I didn't like the feeling of like even with like a girlfriend like I had that one of my one of my boys had before or after me like I didn't like the feeling of knowing like oh I guess we all just kind of dating each other I just liked I liked the the how special it felt to feel to know that oh okay we chose each other and like this we, we doing a thing here and it's not easy to, to create this thing. So I just say that to say, I think that there is a real place for that. And I think because they be out there, you know, just creating narratives, like they really pushed that one and blew it up to a whole nother level of why men judge women so much when it comes to body count. I hear you. I just, I also think that like, there's so much, like, I think it's weird to say like if I had my own sexual experiences prior to knowing that you existed, like I don't think that it's fair to judge someone um, for their past. Like if I took myself off the shelf for whomever before you, if I kept myself on the shelf after meeting you, then it's like I feel like that should matter more. And there's so much weight put on that past. and um, Because not- of what it potentially means. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to be judged for your potential ideas. Like I get it. That doesn't make any sense. And, and that, that's what I mean by like the judgment of it is, is heavily impacting people's mental health. And it's just that it exists. And it's like somebody can have that judgment if somebody's with 50, women, 50 men or women, men and women. Um, or somebody can have that judgment if they were just with five. And it's like there's, there's really no winning. When it comes to that, for from a women's standpoint, there's there's really no women winning, and then women end up either having to lie or just completely, what's the word when you just just not disclose any type of information regarding that because of the fear of judgment. That that judgment is probably not even like at somebody's deepest core. It just might be like society's impact on them. And I don't know. I just don't think that it's it's fair to. Um, I don't think it's fair to judge someone so harshly. I do I do think that it's necessary. Like I, I I definitely think that some that people, regardless of you know how they identify, it's it's important to be picky. And I do understand like that feeling of like, damn, like you know, anybody could have had you. I think there's so much more that needs to be like unpacked before you come to that conclusion. Like, okay why did you do that? Like, is it because you just really believe anybody can have you? And if that's the case, sure. Then, then sure. Judge that if you want to, but is it, 
you didn't have any other way to, to receive love in your life and, and you were seeking it the wrong way and you just kind of ended up in this turmoil and you and it wasn't even serving you and you figured out better, but along the way you did mess up. I don't think it's fair to judge somebody for that. I think what it comes down to is men know men ain't shit and men know what all the men did in one way, shape or form to get access to you and you let them. And that, that's what it comes down to. And, it's like unhealthy relationship with sex. And it, but it's, it's also just an unhealthy relationship in how women are viewed. Because now I am being judged for how you feel or believe those men that I may or may not have been with, their thought process. Like I'm being judged, not because of me, but because of the people that I might have interacted with, their thought process. How the fuck is that fair? Like that, it just doesn't make any sense. And... Our society is so formed in that way where that is the norm. Like you let someone with a fucked up thought, thought process touch you because you were lonely or because you just were horny or you just didn't really understand what it meant to give your give to share yourself in that way. Like I just don't think that's fair. And and it happens. And another main reason why I don't feel like it's fair is because. We, as sexualized as the society is, we are not properly educating people about sex. Well, that's what comes and, to the repression. I was going to get to say, yeah. Yeah, exactly. we're just not properly educating. So then it's like these we're, we're kids. We're in our teenage years, in our young 20s, fucking up, going through these experiences, um, sharing ourselves with people who probably are not worthy or haven't treated us well, probably didn't come if you're a woman, let's be honest. So you're going through all these experiences messing up the wrong the way because you're basically a child who doesn't know what the hell they're doing and you're being judged so harshly once you finally get to adulthood and have figured yourself out you're still judged for that and i just don't think that's fair no that's fucked up like and and i sorry i just also want to make it clear like if you're someone who is an adult and is consciously making the decision like hey i want to share myself with a hundred different men and I feel good about that. And I feel sound. If you're making that conscious decision, I think that is just as beautiful for you. As, as long as you're, you're aware of what you're giving and what you're sharing and what you're allowing. But I also just think that, and, and I was one of them, like in my 20s, where I was sharing myself with people who just did not, I was, was not worth my, my space, my time, my body. Because I had my own shit that I was going through. Um, and just like fumbling my way through learning about sexuality. And I just think there's just too many of us like that. And, and I don't think it's fair to judge so harshly on that. Yeah, it definitely comes back to the sexual repression and how if sex was more normalized from even middle school, little kids out here fucking. Seriously. Let's, let's not wait until our sophomore year in high school. We, we've been having sex already. Sixth grade, they need an introductory class to sex, like a real introductory class to sex and psychology of sex and the mindset about relationships. We need to be having that, that early. So I think that these things are a byproduct of the lack of education and the, la- the lack of support that we have around it to where nobody yes. knows what they're doing. Excuse me. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're not doing it right. We're making these judgments based off bullshit that our fucking uncle or our friend taught us or some bullshit we saw who in the movie. Who also didn't know. Who didn't know. And nobody knows anything. And it just helps perpetuate the the drama and the, and the tension and the stress and the issues uh, between people had trying to have relationships with each other. But it's definitely not necessary. It's definitely not fair. And it's definitely not not needed. Because even even if... Like, if sex was more normalized, it wouldn't be put on such a high pedestal that a woman would even be judged so harshly for engaging in this activity with the man. And the men are doing it twice as much as the women are, and they don't even get any type of judgment. Not saying that, you know, they should too. Nobody should. But it's just so, there's just no equality in it. And I also just want to touch on when it comes to what we mean by the normalization of sex in society it's not just normalization means education it means not just making it common because it's normalized in our society um but the way it's normalized isn't proper There's, i don't think it's normalized it's normalized in the sense of you the likelihood of you turning on a screen 
and seeing two people in the bed um, insinuating that they just had sex. They're both naked, but they're covered by the sheets. That is normal to see on television, um, whether it's a cartoon, whether it's a reality show, regardless of it is, that is normalized. So when, what I mean, and I think also with you, what we mean when it comes to normalization is talking about it, talking about it in a productive way, talking about what what your body is going through when you're going through puberty, what your body is going through when you're falling in love, what your body is going through when you are having an orgasm, why those things are happening, what it means to share yourself, what it means to um, let go of you know the arbitrary virginity, like what all those things mean and having deep conversations about it so people can make informed decisions. That is what normalization means. And you also said like, you know, people, should, we should be talking about it in middle school. I personally think it should, it should happen younger. And having a conversation with a five-year-old or a 12-year-old about sex doesn't mean like, this is how you suck a dick. No, it means this is what's happening in your body. Like you have a penis, you have a vagina. These things happen with that. Just like even properly naming that this is what the genitalia is called. Um, you can do that at five. And that's not gonna make the five-year-old like, you know what, I'm gonna go suck some dick. No, absolutely not. That just means like, okay, as I grow up, I know that I have a vagina. I know that I have to clean it properly. This is the things that I'm supposed to use so that I don't um, get a yeast infection or whatever else. Um, okay, now I have my period. I was expecting this because I was fully educated. So I was, I knew that this was coming and now that it's here, I know what to do. And I also am comfortable enough to ask my parents for help because they have normalized this in our household. Those things aren't happening. So what ends up happening is you get to 12 years old, you're, um, going through puberty, nothing is normalized. So even bringing up the discussion or broaching the conversation of like, Hey, like, um, like I, not to, you know, put him out there, but like Jazz said to you one time, like my, what did he say? He felt his penis tingling. Right. Um, one, I think it's really amazing that he even felt comfortable saying that because that's an awkward ass thing to ask. Um, but to just like, okay, something's happening there. And what that's telling us as parents is we need to start having that conversation because those feelings and that, that process is starting. And because it's more normalized, we can have that conversation and not be awkward, not be uncomfortable, you not be embarrassed. Yeah. And and as those things grow and grow and grow, you can continue to have more expansive conversations like, oh, okay, now you're 18, you're 21, like, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, losing my virginity. What should I expect? What should I do? How should I prepare? And also even realizing, I think because there's those conversations are so not normalized, especially with young women we end up just, we end up not really knowing our worth and having to fumble our way to life to just learn about self-love and self-worth. And we end up just sharing ourselves. And, and I think that I, I came to the conclusion recently about what do I want to, how do I want to present on camera and as I share and as I educate. And the main thing that I want people to know or young women to know is that you have the space and the opportunity to choose who has you. And that, that can just even mean time. Like who are you spending time with and having that conversation with? And I think that all people should be very fucking picky about who they are interacting with. And there are just too many circumstances where it's like we went out recently and I could just see it. It's just like that pick me behavior of just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that just to gain your attention. Like we're at this... Um, we're at a club and this girl is like, <laughs> this girl just like randomly is like, I'm going to bring my titties out. I feel like they should just be out. And she just like hiked up her shirt and her titties were just out, which is like great. All power to you. Free the titty. I think it's like legal for women to bare their breasts in New York anyway. So it's like, I don't have a problem with that. And I think that I could, I could literally see that that was a, I need attention. I want attention. I want to feel sexy. I want to be seen as sexy. So I'm going to show sex in a really um, explosive and really bold way because maybe you don't know how to be sexy in a more modest way. Maybe you don't know how to be sexy in a subtler way where you don't have to like literally expose yourself in order to get that attention. And I think that's, that's the ramifications of 
the way sex is viewed in our society and the way we as parents and, and as family members are not having those conversations with each other. I think the titties could have could have worked, but <laughs> I didn't say quite a lot. But I, I, I think the titties could have worked. I think the titties could have worked. It was just not the right space for it. We it just need there needed to be a little bit more of a calling for the titties. There was no, yeah. there was zero calling for the titties. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I love titties. Like, <laughs> they're beautiful. Her titties look great. And like you said, it just it just didn't make sense for the the space. So it just felt very much like, look at me, pick me, choose me. If and you know Grey's Anatomy, you know that reference. And, she, and I feel like she didn't make an impact on the space yeah. enough to go to titties. It was like, who are you? Why Who are you? Doing? I was like, I don't even know you yet. If I knew you a little bit, we vibing. Yeah. And the vibe is just so great. And it's like, hey, you throw my titties. I know y'all like this shit. Cool. Yeah. But it was definitely, let me leave with my titties and see what happens. Yeah. And it, and it becomes, and again, I'm not judging. It's just, for me, it just, I'm not judging. It, it just really hurt to see because. I want to say I've been there, not with my titties out, but I've been in that headspace where it's just like, I, I need attention. I want to be seen. I want to be viewed as sexy. I want to be viewed as beautiful. And it's just like, those are all the wrong ways to do it. Um, and it, it just made me really feel for her of, like, you know, honestly, what it made me see is like, you probably don't have a strong woman in your life to, to teach you what what it really means to be sexy, what it really means to be sensual, what it really means to call upon that attention and not have to put yourself out there in, in that way. Cause that, it could have also just went really dangerous for her. And, and, and that's the part that just like really concerns me where we're not taught properly. So we're just throwing ourselves in these dangerous ass situations. And that's a problem. And those problems are clearly, as this sex fact stated, it's impacting um, how much anxiety, how much depression, and how we view our own bodies. Yeah, as I'm just seeing you sitting here listening to you say all these things, there's so many things that could be alleviated with just some better education around sex. Yeah. Like, like disease rates would drop unplanned pregnancies would drop yeah. just all the dramas in relationships would 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 come down quite a bit because it's not we don't know how to act around sex because we we don't have the conversations and it isn't normalized it's still this secret thing as much yeah. as it's right in your face it's right in your face without saying the word without That's saying anything is. at all you're like you're not saying any of the words but you're <laughs> look at my titties look at my pussy like it's like that, or like some fucking random uh, eggplant on a table in the, in a commercial or some shit with some some water dripping off. Like it's like all these insinuations is in yeah. your face, but nobody's saying the words, nobody's putting names to the things, and that's what's keeping us from getting where we need to go. So I, as we sit here and talk about this, I'm really proud of the work that we're doing, and you know, doing our our small part to to yeah. make this shit normal because as as sacred and as as big of a thing as as sex is and can be, it also can it just can just be fucking sex. It can just be it can fun. Just be sex. And I I also want to state like you know we talk about sex clearly all the time, <laughs> and I think one thing for me that I've never said um, on camera is I am as sexually free and open as I am now, not because of my past mistakes fumbling my way through my sexuality, um, choosing people who did, were not worthy of me. But it was because I'm in a committed relationship where I feel safe. And I feel like that's not talked about enough. And I, and I honestly think that it's not talked about enough specifically to women because it would then dismantle, because, you know, we live in a man's world. It would dismantle that access that men get to women. Because right now it's just like, it's sh like shroud in religion and shame where it's like, you must save yourself for marriage. I didn't save myself for marriage. And if I did it all over again, I probably wouldn't save myself for marriage, but I would have saved myself for a committed relationship where I felt safe, where I felt loved and I, where I felt like my pleasure was prioritized. And I will say, um, I did have that in losing my virginity. And, and, I, and I'm really grateful for that. And I, and I wish I continued with that mindset. 
and I, and I feel like honestly, between my losing my virginity and meeting you, there probably wouldn't be many if I, kept, if I really kept that mindset and I was really taught that. And not to say like my parents didn't teach that for me, but you know, my, my father passed when I was 10 and my dad, my mom passed when I was 19, but she got really sick when I was 16. So like where those real conversations should have happened, there was so much other things that we had going on that we couldn't even go there. Yeah. I think, it, I think it definitely, the, the responsibility should be on the man first to create the safe environment. I don't think that ever should change for any reason, just because just as just in our roles in general in life, like yeah. the man is supposed to be the provider and the protector in situations. So if you're, if you as the woman are, allowing the man to take that role and y'all are agreeing that that's what's going to be the role and he's going to do that then he needs to provide the safe space whether y'all are in a super committed relationship or y'all just dating or whatever if you're in a man's company if you go out on a date with a man it's fucking raining you expect him to open a goddamn umbrella and make sure your head is dry and it should be the same shit he if you're if you plan on going into a sexual environment and, and do anything sexually with a man, you should know off red, okay, well, you're a man, so you're going to make sure that this is a safe space. So that, like, that starts with us. Nobody telling me, my fucking uh, gym teacher who did my health class or whatever, that nigga, he wasn't telling me shit about how to be safe during sex. There was none of that. Aside from wearing a condom. They did, I don't even know if we even did the condom thing. I, I kid you not, I don't even know if we rolled the condoms down the banana or I don't even I don't even know if we did that. Or if we did, it was that low impact. And, that, and that's also such a lazy, low impact, yes. It's such a lazy way to teach sex education. Because again, like the very, because I feel like the sex education is like fear mongering, but also like, here's how to do it. In it's like only, the in the lightest way. It's only about fear for my And when I say the lightest way, I mean like rolling a condom on a banana. First off, this is usually the first introduction that somebody is really learning about sex. Let's back up before we get to rolling condoms on bananas. Like what is what is happening and in your body yeah, chemically that is even making you your wanna, penis as hard as a banana? Like let's let's talk, start we didn't there. Talk about that part. We, yeah. we didn't. Or like how to manage this, how to how to communicate properly to someone who makes you feel this way. Hey. I like you. I'm, I'm feeling some things in here. I just, I don't know. I, I, I want to, you know, experience and, 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 you know, do some things with you. I'm not sure what. I don't like just being able to just say that when you don't know shit and don't know how to put it together. We should have been able to get some tools on that. Because think about it. You don't know shit. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You don't know shit. Now you're really fucking in your 20s. Yeah. And you still don't know shit. Yeah. And now you're hurting people. Most and of yourself. And yourself, and yourself, because number one, like the toxic masculinity starts forming. So you have these bullshit views on women, period. Where, and because I don't want to say it like there are not enjoyable parts, especially when it's consensual, where it's like you see something you want, you go after it, and it's like an attack, and it's like, but in like a fun way. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I need, I want that. Yeah. And you go and pursue. And you go and do that whole thing and you look at them, you know, it is like a like a prey kind of thing. And mm -hmm. for the the animalistic parts of ourselves, there are certain animal parts of ourselves that are less human and more animal that I think we also can find a space to embrace yeah. consensually. Yeah. That's the key and word, consensually, respectfully, consensually, where we can delve into those more animalistic parts of ourselves. So there is a space for that. But when that's the only thing and you don't know how to properly go about it then you're just an asshole then you're just a, uh, your asshole is about to fuck this woman's life up and you're fucking it up for her currently you're fucking up for any other man that she has in her life based on that shitty experience she had with you at 20 years old in the back of your car you know yeah and then it just perpetuates these cycles and then you have this view on men then the next men that come into your life you're hurt and bitter so now they feel a certain kind of way like well damn i can't just have fun and be free with her i'm gonna just take it and manipulate her because she won't even relax and like we can't even yeah. have fun you know so i just say all that to just say we sh i really believe we should just lean into sex more because we all want it yeah. It's not going nowhere. God gave us these sensations for a reason. Yeah. 
Whatever your religious beliefs are, there's a reason we have this. It's a procreate, apparently. Yeah. I think also that, I think the first thing that should be taught to teenagers, because um, again, I think that sex education should start when, with children. And um, I, I don't know, like sometimes I say that and I feel like people are going to take that the wrong way, but I, I really mean like just the basics. Like this is a vagina. That's the education. Like, let's just start there. And starting there, and then when you get to the points where you're having puberty, I think the next big thing is you are going to start feeling sensations, but remember that your body is growing a little faster than your mind is. And though you might be feeling these sensations because you are becoming, you're going into your adulthood and you're going into that phase in your life, your mind is still a child. And you might not be ready enough smart enough or adult enough to do these adult things mm -hmm. and instead of really making that clear to someone like i don't think that you are mentally prepared enough to experience these types of sensations with another person like that's really all that it is you're just not mentally prepared your body might be there you're not mentally prepared enough and if we really lead with that and educate about that and, and really teach about self-pleasure like hey how about you get to know your own body before you demand somebody else to be able to pleasure it who also isn't adult enough yet mentally like if, if we really focus there, there there's so much growth that can really happen and there's so much innocence that can be preserved just by teaching that and opening up because right now it's don't have sex before marriage or don't have sex um before you're an adult that's an adult thing to do and it's just like you still feeling the things though like what are you supposed to do with that if you don't have a safe space to explore that i don't feel like i even got that i feel like they just didn't say shit and they just let us just be just... and then get mad at you when you have a teen pregnancy <laughs> what the hell were they supposed to do yeah i think number one they need to get rid of the whole stork delivering the babies and from the fucking sky story can we just retire that shit from one let's just start there it's just that's that's some santa claus shit yeah and it's, it's not helping anything um but what can we do what's like what's some tangible shit that we can do to have better relationships with sex so that people can figure out where they truly are on the meter of desire for sex and like be able to completely remove society's influence for the most part of like what they tell them they should want or what is okay or what's desirable or whatever and like really tap into yourself sexually because um i don't know i feel like i'm, I'm personally am in a place now where uh society doesn't really dictate anything for me sexually yeah. society damn sure doesn't dictate my taste mm -hmm. i don't even be like a half of the women i be seeing on tv i like i know and like i've my taste is well versed now after letting that shit go and just really using my eyes and interacting with different women and realizing like all oh, there's so many other things that can appeal to me about a woman other than her ass and her titties and her beautiful face there's so many other things yeah. so yeah what are what are some things that we can do to tap more into our true relationship with sex and our true desire for sex and where we want to go with it I think the first thing that we can do is one, just take a moment for yourself. Like even if you're in a relationship, like I think that everybody should have a time frame after they have lost their virginity or given away or shared, whatever you want to call it. After that span of time, there should be a moment where you take like significant time off of sex. And like, I personally did it for a year prior to you. Cause I knew like once I was in a relationship, I wasn't going to try to stop the party. But I think that, um, even if you're in a relationship two weeks, a month, whatever it is, I, th I think that people should really just take a moment and step back and figure out what their, what sex really means to them. First, like, just like psychologically, like what are you conceptualizing when it comes to you and your sex life? Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is really create a sensual connection with yourself and that's like really where my work in coaching is like that's like my goal in like teaching people how to have a real sensual connection with yourself and sensuality is i love it because you can have like there is sexuality there is sensuality and sexuality but there doesn't have to be sexuality and sensuality you know what i mean mm -hmm. so 
really honing in that sensual connection with yourself, that connection with your body, that connection with your desires, that connection with your pleasure, like really learning or relearning that part of yourself and also just like owning it. Like we'll have sex and just with our whole dynamic, it's very much that you own me. And that is true and it is beautiful. And there was a point where I wasn't owning myself. And, and that's where that can be like detrimental and that can be dangerous because I'm not taking responsibility. I'm not taking ownership of my own pleasure. And, it, and it's also putting on, I think it puts on a lot of pressure on you of like, you have to make me feel good. And the next point that I was going to say is, is taking responsibility for your pleasure. How can you, and that means like communicating your needs, like also learning what you want. Like some people are like out here having sex, like this didn't really feel good. Oh, that did feel good. But like not really knowing what makes them feel good. Like first take a second to ground with yourself, then get that sensual connection with yourself where you can learn what make, what is pleasurable to you. And then three, communicate that, communicate that to yourself, communicate that to your partner or partners so that you can actually receive good sex. Yeah. I would, I would add to that. When you are ready to have sex, whether you currently are having great sex or not, I think taking some intentional time to be with one partner, possibly for a little while, so that you can really explore all the avenues in a comfortable environment with someone you can talk to mm -hmm. about it, where they were, and someone who also can teach you some things. So you can teach each other things about each other and yourselves. Like, oh, I didn't know a woman's G-spot was here, for instance. And, like, a woman teach me how to to hit the G-spot. Yeah. And, like, show me and, like, not make me feel embarrassed to not know. Because she, I know she cares about me and loves me and just wants the best for me. Just wants me to know how to find the G-spot. Yeah. You can't do that with everybody. So I just feel like with, with people, just in general, with whatever, find somebody who you can really develop a thing and learn all these things open some books together hey i yeah. read this thing There's i want to so try this thing or did you know you can do this and that and like really have somebody that you can really do that with in that way it all comes down to taking your pleasure seriously like just decide this is a this is important to me this is this is vital for my life because like Sex as amazing and pleasurable is it's also really healthy to have sex. Like it, it balances out your dopamine levels, your serotonin levels. It balances out so many different stuff. For men, it flushes out your prostate every time you ejaculate. And that's necessary so you don't get prostate cancer. It's like it, it, sex is actually very healthy for you, whether you're doing it with somebody else or you're doing it with yourself. And we just like take it seriously. Um, I think that's just, let's start there. <laughs> Take it seriously. This isn't a game. Um, and also be vulnerable. Like be vulnerable enough to hear like, hey, I don't like the way you do this thing. And, and not taking it as a personal attack on on you and how you give pleasure or how or your knowledge around whatever. It's just like this is what works for me and my body. And though I know you have done this with other people, but this works for me and, and really be able to hear that without losing your, without your ego getting in the way and, and, and losing your confidence and letting the whole mood drop down. I would just challenge the word vulnerable because vulnerable, vulnerability can be used as a weakness. Mm -hmm. So just swapping that out for being transparent or open okay. or confident because yeah. vulner vulnerable is a little different. And so, you know, until you deem someone all the way worthy of, of being vulnerable all the way, if that's the, that. if that's the part of the journey you're on, yeah. I want to reserve that. I, you know I what I mean? But that's the only, that's the only thing. No, I, I agree with you. Vulnerability definitely should be reserved. Um, but yes, be open enough to share and be open enough to listen. So I think sometimes, you know, you're with a partner and it can be someone that you're in love with, someone that you're with for years. And you tell them something that's like, hey, this doesn't really work for me. And it's like you can feel, though they don't say anything, it's like you can feel that shift of like, oh, I didn't do this right. Like, I could never, you know what I mean? It like becomes a thing and it doesn't have to. And when that happens, when that energetic shift happens, then it might discourage, you know, further growth that can happen. Yeah.
And then you just end up having this whack sex with the same partner over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think just just really embracing the fact that we're sexual beings, not dancing around it. You know, I feel like we're still in a society where, like, if you're at a restaurant and you're having a conversation, you can be as loud as you want, talking about whatever politics you want, whatever sports shit you want, whatever just relationship, gossipy, pop culture shit that you want. But as soon as the conversation get to sex, you start hearing people lower their voice a little bit. They talk about it like this. Yeah, last night we did this and that. And it's just like, why do we have to do that? Because there's still certain shame around sex. There's still these barriers about connecting with these very real and very important parts of ourselves. Because at the end of the day, sex is one of the biggest drivers in why we do anything. I One, I completely agree with you. And I would add... Um, I think the hush tones also comes from respect for sex because it's not to be shared with everybody. The whole bar shouldn't hear you talking about it because that is reserved for, you know, the two people that are having it and maybe the conversation that you're sharing about it. And, and I, I do think that it, it deserves enough respect to be a little hush tone, but, um, I do get what you mean about there is so much shame around it where it's like. Sometimes it's not like, oh, I'm going to respect this. It is the discomfort or I don't want to be seen as taboo or risque. So I'm going to, you know, speak in a lower tone. Well, I don't mean the, the intimate details, like the intimate personal details about your sex life. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep that, you know, keep that for yourself. But I just mean like talking about sex in general. You don't I even have to even be talking about yourself. Just talking about sex in general is like an, an immediate volume I get decretion. Mean, yeah. Did you hear so-and-so be doing this? Or have you heard just about general things? It's like, we're still there. We can't even just talk about it freely. I'm going to generalize. I'm going to speak generally, loudly one day about sex. Watch how many heads turn. Yeah. Watch how many people's faces we'll cringe do, we'll or whatever. We'll do an experiment. We'll record. Yeah. We should, we should actually do that. Yeah. So just, just embrace the fact, yo, we're sexual beings. Sex, sex is the reason that society exists. Sex is the reason that this world ex continues to exist. Our desire for it. It is here for a reason. We all can have our own personal beliefs of why and all of that and, and go about it in our own beautiful ways. It's all perfect. But the one undeniable thing about all of this is there is a true desire for sex innately within us that's natural regardless of who's pushing it on the TV screens, who's pushing it in the music or whatever that we just have. And let's just, let's start learning how to do it in healthier ways so we can have healthier, more fulfilling, more connected sex and normalize this damn thing so it can just be fine and we can just focus on more important stuff. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, if you strip, if you strip it down to the bare bones minimum, like what, what it is, it's not that damn complicated. It's really not. It's a very simple practice. There's a many things that you can do, but it's not that damn deep. You can make it an, an, an intense, truly connected or a spiritual experience. You can turn it into those things. Absolutely. But at its core, it's not that deep. Yeah. We don't have to be tormented and burdened and, and, and affected in such negative ways by it. Yeah. You know? No, I do know. Yeah. There's so much ease that can happen if we allow it to be easy. Yeah. Because I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that all 2024. I'm going to speak my sex talk with my chest. I'm going to say it with my chest. I'm going to say it with my chest, too. Yeah. I'll say it with my breasts. Say it with your breasts. Say it with your breasts. Yes. Was there anything else that we can we can add to the conversation? I feel complete, honestly. I feel good, too. I hope that... uh if anything, if nothing more is a refresher as we take it back to the, the, the basics, um, because I feel like sex being pushed on us in this fake ass way is at an all time high. So don't get caught up in the fake illusions of sex and the narratives that they they push onto us. Let's let's embrace sex. Let's embrace our human impulses. Let's embrace our human desires and our human ability to connect through this activity, let's lean into it and figure out more healthy ways that we can do it in a way that's truly fulfilling for everyone involved. If you take nothing else from this episode, please take this away. 
take your pleasure seriously make it a priority for yourself first and for your relationship or for whoever else you choose to share yourself with and also just be picky with who you share yourself with and if this is your first time tuning in to bsotb please make sure you continue to follow us on all our social platforms at both sides of the bed and all your podcast platforms youtube all of that good stuff both sides of the bed yes also please rate give us a five-star rating so that it can push us in the algorithm and share all the wealth that we want to share with you guys we can share with others as well also if you want to take your intimate journey to the next level and figure out how you can really take your pleasure seriously and get that intimate sensual connection with yourself and in your relationship please reach out to me at b-intimate.com um, amir and i are also doing couples coaching with other couples or individuals um, but you'll get both the masculine and feminine perspective of what's happening in your relationship yes indeed yes indeed so welcome to 2024 2024 it's a new age of sex y'all it's cheers cheers to better sex to better sex better health to better health. better connections better coming we love y'all thank you for tuning in it was only right we started this year off talking about some sex I look forward to this year, BSOTB. I look forward to it too. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We love y'all so very much. Until next time, stay tuned for the sexy. Stay tuned for the sexy.